Welcome back to the Magic of the Spheres podcast. This is Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Welcome if you are new here. What you're about to listen to is an audio version of a video astrology forecast that I shared to my YouTube channel, Sabrina Monarch. So if you'd like to catch this on video, you can go there. If you want to leave a comment at some point, you can also leave that there. This podcast is a place where I share interview conversations with people that I find inspiring. I share astrology forecasts weekly, and I share solo episodes, creative writing, musings as well. So I invite you to enjoy this transmission of the astrology of the week ahead. Hey, this is Sabrina Monarch of Monarch Astrology, bringing you the astrology forecast for April 20th to April 26th, 2022. This week's transits mainly involve Mercury in Taurus, as Mercury will join up with the North Node in Taurus and then aspect Saturn, Neptune, and Jupiter. Thematically, this can speak to a current desire for tactile, concrete, embodied awareness, hands in the dirt, Closed eyes turn inward to the spacious theater of the interior, playing with what parts of our body we can bring our breath to, communing with the intelligence of our organs, generally grabbing a handful, like a raw handful of life, relishing in the way we can just feel its weight and smell and taste and devour it. Mercury in Taurus is an economy of pleasure and an economy of beauty. We know the ways this is distorted culturally, such as the beauty industrial complex, as well as personally, how our preferences categorize some experiences as beautiful and others as undesirable, some moments as sublime and others as boring. Not that discernment or taste is itself an issue or a defect, but that sometimes our mental organization of our experience draws lines where they are not needed or unduly limits the range of where we can be open to life. Writing, a craft of Mercury, has taught me that my perception plays a huge role in the beauty of my life. For years, I have played a game of writing about my life experience with a tinted perception to make beauty where there wasn't necessarily any low-hanging fruit to pluck, to unpack a moment and find its divinity by looking for it to seek it and find it. Taurus teaches us about inner resourcefulness. With Mercury and Taurus, we are collecting information as we do in Mercury in the note of Taurus, which is about beauty, aesthetic, pleasure, sensuality. This is about being resourceful in perception, that we do have choice with our economy of attention, that we can pay attention in places that will create value in our lives. The hunger for beauty may be stirred this week, and while objects of beauty may appear to be out there, 
or appear to be something to acquire, even possess, and that acquisition may be relevant. The capacity to recognize the beauty that is all around us is an internal skill that can be dialed up this week freely. So before I get into these transits in more detail, I want to remind you all that the upcoming Evolutionary Intensive is beginning May 2nd. April 29th will be the last day to enroll. The scholarship application for need-based applicants will also be in the notes. This program goes until September, so it'll be a couple of months to really dive into the foundations of evolutionary astrology, a lineage of astrology that I've been practicing for nearly a decade now and consider a wisdom school, a profound way to enter into a contemplation of the self as a soul, as a being who has been here before, will incarnate again, is on a multi-lifetime journey, and has chosen this life for the way that it directly correlates with the material that we are here to learn, that our raw life experiences are the, is the ground for kind of the transformation and alchemy that our soul has called in for this life. This form of astrology has given me life over and over again. It's helped me to radically transform the places that I felt totally limited or where I was coming up against the very real impasses or crossroads of my life to be able to view it from a mythic perspective and to dive into a creative collaboration with the material of my innermost being and the world around me in a deeply regenerative way. This form of astrology utilizes at a technical level Pluto and the lunar nodes as a basis for entering the chart. Pluto as a representation of the soul's deepest desires and holding patterns, what we have wanted or been working toward, what's kind of been our magnum opus at a soul level in an ongoing way. Whereas the lunar nodes represent the vehicle of personality, the ways that we've tended to incarnate, the types of personality structures we've taken on and how these personality structures can be an intentional vehicle, something that really supports our soul, or something that kind of distorts it, somewhere where we just kind of get lost in the ego. Um, And so there's a process of working with Pluto on the lunar nodes to become more clear about our desires, to become more clear about the reason that we've chosen to exist, and to contemplate how the very real ways that we react to life that we inhabit our personalities is working toward this vision, this desire, or maybe is something that we want to unravel from and unhook from. Pluto has taught me so much about developing a more laser-like free will to unhook from places that I give away power. So this form of astrology, um, I just love it so deeply and love getting to offer it through this intensive which consists of pre-recorded content that are really like transmissions that people have told me they love to return to over and over again. It's available, you know, for a lifetime. Um, The course also consists of weekly live calls where we gather together, get to know each other. I'm really available to talk with you and answer your questions. And the class culminates in workshop classes where we work with our own charts. You can learn more about this course and read student testimonials by following the link below. Um, And that's where you can enroll as well. 
So April 29th, last day to do that. Um, I'm so excited for this next cohort. It'll be our 10th run. And yeah, I just really invite you, if you're feeling that call to deepen your relationship with astrology, to make it your own and to work with astrology in a way that really awakens and enlivens and electrifies the soul, then this program is for you. One other announcement, I've begun sharing a in-progress audio novella called Hungry Ghosts of Paradise, and those chapters are available on Magic of the Spheres podcast, and I have new interviews coming out as well, Um, so stay tuned for that. Here's our week. April 23rd, Mercury in 22 degrees of Taurus will conjunct the lunar north node in 22 degrees of Taurus at 9.27 a.m. Pacific. So, you know, I love the lunar nodes, right? (laughs) In modern Western astrology, the north node is often considered like a north star, an aspirational point in the chart to work toward, to embody, to develop personality traits that will support the soul's destiny. In Vedic, the north node is not depicted as cheerily. The North Node is the head of a dragon and relates to the desire for materialization and the propensity toward greed. I personally see and relate to both as someone who has intentionally worked toward my North Node to radically change my life since I was in my early 20s. um, I do treat and see my North Node like a North Star. And I've also had direct experiences of where if you go too intensely toward either node, the north or the south, it does create distortions and imbalances. There's really a need to integrate the mythos of both nodes, right? So we have the north node as this head of the dragon that is hungry, wants to eat, wants to have experiences, wants things to materialize. And that can be, in my experience, um, what we're doing here. The purpose is to be here. The purpose is to incarnate and to continue to incarnate through a deeper investment in our lives um, and in the game that we're playing here, but not to such an extreme that we are consumed, you know, in that kind of greed space. So when I think about the North Node in Taurus and Mercury together, there's really like a hunger for mercurial things, um, I've definitely been feeling that with my writing and kind of like reading processes um, and just this kind of desire for beautiful language, right? But it it will be unique for all of us in terms of what types of information we are hungry to consume at this point in time. So with the North Moon and Taurus, there's a current emphasis on sustainability, building, getting into the body, and materialization. The Scorpio South Node, which relates... Um, Oh, this contrasts the tendencies of the Scorpio South Node, which relates to a willingness to demolish, to destroy, to burn down, to sever and cut, to end. Right? So the collective emphasis on the North Node in Taurus is about that movement toward being invested enough to build something. One of the um, kind of... I think like psychic hauntings of my generation, um, not just my generation, but I've seen it in mine for sure, is this basic anxiety of why develop a career? Why have a family? Why do anything when the world is ending? Like everything feels so apocalyptic. 
why care about my finances? Why make a garden? Right. And there's that sense of like, let's just, you know, let everything burn down, not make a garden, which is going to be the North Node in Taurus. And why I connect this to my generation is, you know, Pluto and Scorpio and that sense of our Pluto polarity point, which is an evolutionary astrology concept being Taurus. Right. And so when we lean into the building of something and what we value, that's going to change how we relate to the scorpionic impulse to destroy and sever and cut, right? So we might be really in touch with a core value, and that allows us to unhook from patterns that take, you know, life force away from that which we are creating or building, as opposed to just being, you know, in the, the cauldron and not investing in anything. If we consider an entire garden, an apt Taurus image, this is a landscape of both life and death. The compost is all the richer for being made of dead things. And this dead material recycles into the most vibrant blooms of life. So even as we work toward building or materializing something in our lives, we're also accounting for the recycling and investment and divestment of energy, right? So having a value focus, Taurus, allows us to cultivate that beautiful garden, but the garden's very ecosystem is also made of death. So there is the contemplation of what we are releasing, what we are letting go of. Mercury conjunct the North Node here can grant us moments of logistical and intellectual prowess relating to the Taurian processes of building, sustaining, beautifying, fortifying, and nourishing, right? Like getting visions. I'm t- I want to design this space. I'm, I'm going to get help, you know, behind me. Um, but I'm thinking about it. <laughs> North Node in Taurus, uh, conjunct Mercury, right? Okay, I'm thinking about interior design, thinking about writing projects. You know, people maybe are getting really busy designing things and kind of building up the blueprints of something they want to materialize in, you know, that concrete Torian aesthetic way. Mercury conjunct the North Node here can also speak to a hunger for information. Consider where the hunger for information is currently constructive versus where it is a habitual tendency with its own endless need. I need to ask all these people for advice before I feel secure in myself, or I need to collect all this information before I can make a decision. When is that practical, and when is that a holding pattern? Consider where you already have the resources to move beyond research and daydreaming um, into direct cultivation and application. April 24th, Mercury in 23 degrees of Taurus will square Saturn in 23 degrees of Aquarius, 6.49 a.m. Pacific. So we can see that um, Saturn is still square the nodes. Um, This is something I detailed a little bit in, I think it was episode 169 of Magic of the Spheres about the scammers and the zeitgeist and Saturn square the nodes. But from Mercury in Taurus square Saturn. Lately, my reflections on the nervous system, and we'll connect that here in a moment with Aquarius, have brought me to the image of a paradigm guarded by electric fences. So anything that is edgy or out of range for our nervous system, for our nervous system to hold, exists somewhere at the threshold of these gates or beyond them, right? Out of range, beyond our bandwidth. So we are contained, Saturn, 
by the boundaries of our own nervous system, right? There's other forces as well, like I'm not speaking um, that our nervous system is the only thing. But there is a structure, there is a structural way that the nervous system contains the types of experiences that we end up having. Someone, you know, as an example, with a strong people-pleasing pattern may feel deeply activated and triggered by engaging in conflict or stating their true needs if it contrasts another person, if they care, you know, what they think or how they feel. The action of conflict is not inherently wrong, but for this individual, it alarms the existing paradigm and its electric fences, right? And for another person who's deeply habituated to leaning into conflict, conflict doesn't necessarily exist outside of the electric fence gate wall, you know, it's inside of their purview. So a lot of working with Aquarius and the fixed signs, in my opinion, is expanding the nervous system. There's going to be many occasions where expanding our nervous system is valuable. Experiences like putting ourselves out there on social media, meeting new people when we're shy, speaking our truth when we've been too scared to before, speaking publicly, opening to receive compliments or affection where we have not been super open to it. All of these things can relate to an expansion of the nervous system. For you personally, it's just where you don't have comfort easily, experiences that rub up against your nerves and are therefore not the easiest to integrate. Mercury and tactile body-oriented Taurus squares Saturn and Aquarius. And one way we could read this is that we are currently having the opportunity to find embodiment, presence, and ground in places that are a stretch to us. Right? And, you know, not leaning into this could just be the ways that we notice or, you know, not leaning into the expansion part of it. Mercury-Saturn comes together as a very strong editor inner editor of like, I can't think or say this because it's wrong. And it's like, you know, it's hitting that electric fence of what's not allowed or what will bring persecution or what has been traumatic in the past. Um, and so we find ourselves maybe being careful and selective with our speech, which at times is intelligent and at other times is just a self-restriction Mercury and Taurus can also offer grounded awareness of where we find ourselves in range versus where we are out of range. We do have the capacity to grossly override our own boundaries, but there is a contraction that happens afterward when we do that. Growth happens at the edge of one's comfort zone, but way too far out beyond that can be more destabilizing or low-key traumatic. So... The language of in range and out of range is something that has really kind of constellated into my awareness further through Perry Chase's teachings um, about going, you know, out of range and the contraction that occurs. I really connect this with the Aquarius archetype because it is that sense of the electricity of our nervous system and the sense that when we go to the territory that is beyond our capacity, beyond our bandwidth, 
we feel a little bit alarmed, our nervous systems um, set off or activated. And then there's often like some kind of um, contraction that can occur from that. And on the other hand, when we do this in a way that's almost like titrated, where it's like you're developing the courage to talk to people when you feel socially awkward and shy. And it's like you put yourself in the activating situation and you find your ground through practice and through like exposure therapy. That would be Mercury and Taurus's way of kind of grounding and stabilizing what is at the edge of our personal electric wall. This Mercury-Saturn square, we might slow down to perceive the thresholds and initiations available to us in our inner world, an appropriate edge that expands and nourishes, a true edge that comes from an embodied place, small and profound steps, bigger moves as well that we've worked up to. Sometimes that's the, the meaningful growth edge. I've been reading um, a bunch of Anais Nin and obsessing. I love her, but I've just gotten super back into it. Um, but I was just reading this part from Cities of the Interior and a character is saying, um, what was it Dunya said? That life tended to crystallize into patterns which became traps and webs. That people tended to see each other in their first state or form and to adopt a rhythm and consequence. Right, so life crystallizing into patterns, is that not Saturn and Aquarius? Um, inwardly and outwardly, a pattern was a form which became a prison, and then we had to smash it. Mutation was difficult. All our emotional history was that of the spider and the fly. So, with Mercury and Taurus, um, and that square to Saturn in Aquarius, it feels, you know, it's a first quarter square. That phase of square implies crisis in action, taking new actions. And so the image that I get for it is someone stepping, you know, taking a leap into a place that's a little bit edgy and uncomfortable for them and really breathing and grounding and developing stability in that expanded place. Then we have Mercury in 24 degrees of Taurus, sextile Neptune in 24 degrees of Pisces at 3.37 p.m. Pacific. While Mercury has a hard as an angular or dynamic aspect to Saturn, and we just explored that as an interior reckoning with our boundaries at a nervous system level and how that's coding, you know, what's okay and what's not okay to say or to think. Mercury is also aspecting the porous and boundary-blurring planet Neptune at the same time, which relates to a much different process. Here, this speaks to a faculty of mind that picks up information that is beyond normal or conscious register, like the lush or compelling dream images that waft into our vision as we sleep and come from somewhere mysterious, either somewhere out there or somewhere deep within the recesses of our subconscious. We may have sublime realizations, visions, or artistic ideas come through the portal of our relationship with physical landscapes, textures, physical beauty, art, like being overcome by a beautiful daydream as we garden, cook, or make something, walk through a gallery, are outside 
seeing, you know, the fresh bloom of springtime flowers. Taurus and Pisces come together for such heavenly experience, the meeting of sensation with inspiration or vision. However, Pisces also works to dissolve and heal, and Taurus is a fixed sign that can relate to what we hold in the body. Sometimes when we tune in with ourselves, we don't find our most orgasmic, magical, inspired, visionary self. We feel blocked, crusty, crunchy, disenchanted, blasé, right? When we extend compassion and presence and offer expression or movement here, we can be with those layers and see them melt and integrate. It's like the warm-up, you know, before really getting into the expression where it's like you move through those layers of what feels like it's in the way. With the key, Pisces there offering compassion and witness as opposed to judgment and further calcifying the resistance by judging it. So April 25th, Venus in 22 degrees of Pisces will sextile the north node in Taurus and trine the south node in Scorpio at 8.39 p.m. Pacific. So Taurus and Scorpio can go hard. We can become habituated into enduring extreme things. Take a person who has a high emotional pain tolerance and really needs total chaos, crisis, or cataclysm to reflect on a dysfunctional situation at hand because otherwise they've just had the capacity and resilience to deal with it. Um, One of my friends with Taurus Scorpio energy kind of talked about this of like being a frog inside of a boiling pan and just hanging out there for a really long time, whereas other people would have long jumped out of the pan, sense of really being able to endure intensity. Then Venus and Pisces coming in to harmonize with both of these nodes offers that we might aspire to values that are beyond our current experience. Taurus relates to a process of homeostasis, right, stabilizing. And we can be in homeostasis with an existing environment or existing emotional patterns, right? The frog inside of the boiling water. It's like, yeah, I've learned how to just be with the heat. Say la vie, you know? Or at a visionary level, we can begin to adjust our homeostasis to account for something that hasn't even materialized yet, a dream that we are making space for. So as we feel ourselves in familiar battles or familiar holding patterns, it can be expansive to ask, is there another way? Or what do I really desire? and begin to cultivate that new thread, even if our bodies and psyches have the capacity and more to maintain the holding pattern. We may want an experience beyond that. April 26th, Mercury in 27 degrees of Taurus will sextile Jupiter in 27 degrees of Pisces. Not even Mercury's last aspect, um, but that will be next week. While Mercury in Taurus is in of itself Well, while Mercury in Taurus in of itself can be quite tactile, sensual, noticing the sensual details of life, Jupiter in Pisces offers story, and then Mercury offers more details to the plot. Small factual details may feel more plump with significance or mythos. Try it out by noticing or fleshing out the impressions of your day that enchant you. 
one thing I like to do before bed to taking notes of the day, uh, moving beyond that layer of like the boring, like whatever kind of like blah <laughs> experience of the day. If the day had those components um, of the mundane and to peer deeper into what images fascinated you, what moments held something cosmic or magical. And by offering the economy of attention to those things, really feeling them grow and expand in a Jupiterian way in that process. So thank you for tuning in to this forecast. I forgot to say at the beginning, the, you know, please like this video, leave a comment at some point, let me know how this resonated with you. Subscribe to my channel, hit the notification bell to receive notifications when new videos come out. And do check out the Evolutionary Intensive course page, remembering that April 29th is the last day to enroll. You know, go ahead and like jump on board. Don't wait till the last minute. Um, I share like a reading list and some like readings um, optional and highly encouraged, you know, that you can get into before the course even begins or kind of get set up before the course begins. Um, so check out that page. Let me know if you have any questions about how the course might relate to your personal learning goals, um, your relationship with astrology or what you're desiring to grow. I'm happy to talk to you about that. You can email me, sabrina at monarchastrology.com. And thank you so much for tuning in. I love you all and I'll see you again soon.